Welcome to the Classic City Church Podcast. At C3, we exist to help people pattern their lives after Jesus. This message was first given as part of our teaching series at C3. Today is the third and final installment of our vision series. So far that we have looked at Vision Sunday. We have looked at uh, Mission Sunday. And we'll talk about those in a, in a, in a minute. And the final uh, thing that we're going to talk about over these three weeks and where we feel like God's leading us uh, this year and years to come is today is called Giving Sunday, where we uh, rededicate our time, our talents, and our treasures before God. And our passage today comes from Matthew 6, uh, verses 19 to 24. So please follow along on the screen. You can open up your Bibles or you can open up the Bible app on your phone. All are welcome. Jesus says these words in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is a lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If 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 then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Just to recap, our vision that we talked about on Vision Sunday is to leave a legacy of leaders for Christ. And what does that look like for us? Well, it looks like multiplication because that's what the Great Mission talks about is making disciples that make disciples that make disciples. That we envision lives changed, disciples multiplied, new churches planted, and cities transformed. If you remember, I kicked off our series with a lightsaber and I talked about how we need to raise young men and women uh, to cope to move from Padawans into Jedi leaders for Jesus. We are dreaming about what our church, our desired future is here at Classic City Church. What God has laid on our hearts. How we can make the greatest impact in the time that God has given us in this world. Last week, we, learned, we looked at how to focus that vision, that, that that might be the destination, right? But we need a path on how to get there. And it, the step-by-step in how we get there is that, that we exist to pattern our lives after Jesus. That means what we do is that each person that we meet, we help them to be with Jesus. That's our primary calling, is to be with him. And as we spend time with our rabbi, Jesus, our teacher, that he, uh, what we call, sanctifies our lives or he, he spiritually forms our lives to be like him. And as you hang out with Jesus, you get to become more like, or he shapes you by the power of his spirit into more of like his image. So we want to be with Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. And the third thing that we do want to do is that we not only are with him and like him, become like him, but we want to go and do what Jesus would do 
if we were him in today's context. That you are going to be sent out from this place, that you're transformed in the image of Jesus, to be his hands and feet, and to bring his mission, his love and sanctifying grace into, or his love and saving grace into this world. And so, for this year, our focus will be each one to reach one. One plus one equals 200. The, the call is very high, that we want to remain missionally focused, that each one out in, in here, right, that we don't want a, an extraordinary evangelism team or anything like that. I think that in, in past years, and, and we, we've made witnessing into a select group of people that can only go and do this, and they're really good at reciting these Bible verses, and it's only for them. And, and actually, we're not going to do that. What we want is very ordinary people who get out there and they share God's love, his, uh, his message about forgiveness of sins, and how he wants to have a relationship with them from now and through eternity. So one plus one equals 200. And we got a lot of people to choose from because just here in DeKalb County, there are 27,000 reasons why this church exists. And that should have a plus, 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 because we let, I guess, Ohio people in here, and we let, we let Kendallville people in here, and I think there's even a few Corona people in the house today. God loves you all so, so, so much. All right, hopefully the vision series is as clear as mud now. Today's title is Giving Sunday. The church is just after your wallet. Oh, shoot, that's a typo. <laughs> Giving Sunday. The church is not just after your wallet. There we go. Big difference. Sorry for the typo there. That's just a joke. But I want to start off, I want to tell you about my friend Joe. Joe's a hard worker. He's a good friend of mine. There's nothing that Joe can't fix. Joe's the guy who can pull himself up by his bootstraps. He's got a truck, and when it's broken, he doesn't take it into the dealer. No. Joe gets underneath the hood, and he makes it better than ever what it was before. Joe's the kind of guy where he doesn't buy a house. He builds a house. And if you were to hand him a football, he'd throw it over those mountains. What mountains? That's exactly right. He can throw it that far. So I asked Joe once, or Joe says to me often, he says, everything I've gotten, I have done with these two hands. You know anybody like that? So I asked Joe one day, I said, Joe, who gave you those hands? If you don't recognize what God has given you, chances are you don't think much about giving back. And that hurts everybody, including you. That's an apple a day from their church doctor, a.k.a. my dad, Kent Hunter, which is also a great devotional book. Plug, shame, unshameless plug there for dad and his devotional book. Whose hands are these? Well, they're God's hands. God created you. As Christians, as followers of Jesus, 
we believe that our time, our talents, our treasures, everything that you have is not actually yours. It's God's. I'm sorry to break, burst your bubble. Your car, your clothes, your house, your breakfast, everything has been given to you by God. We are called to be stewards of everything that God has given us, that God is our provider and we are the stewards. He is the creator and we are the created. The blessings of God throughout all of the Bible and through today was always meant to flow through us, not just to us. That Israel was always called to be blessed, to be a blessing. And you, my friends, are called to be a river. What does a river do? A river continues to flow, right? It flows in, it flows out. It's, it's a beautiful thing. But however, many of us are living our lives like a pond. A pond usually has an inlet, but no outlet. Do you know what happens on the surface of a pond? It develops scum, right? It gets a film on the top. But you were meant to be like a river. Have you ever seen scum on a river? Well, maybe in Fort Wayne, but we're not going to count those rivers. Ooh, a little dirty there. Don't go swimming or fishing in the, in the mommy down there in Fort Wayne. But we are meant to be a river constantly. God's blessing is not only flowing to us, but it's meant to th flow through us, that we are blessed to be a blessing to other people. Martin Luther once said, People go through three different conversions in their life. They go through the conversion of their head. They go through the conversion of their heart. And then they go through the, their pocketbook. Unfortunately, not all at the same time. I think he said purse back then. But if we were to say that today, we are not into European man bags in the Midwest, as far as I know. So you will not see me with a purse, but you will see me with a wallet. But you get the idea. Three conversions. The head, the heart, and the wallet. Did you know that Jesus talked about money more than any other topic? And Jesus said these powerful words that we find here right in this passage in, on the Sermon on the Mount. Where your treasure is, is there your heart will be also. That Jesus is aware that whatever your priorities are is what you will value to most. Is where our hearts will also be. Have you ever heard the really sad phrase, he who dies with the most toys wins? Who's heard, has anybody else heard that? Okay, a few people. I mean, we have, there's a phrase out there, and it's all about accumulation, stuff. How much stuff can we get? In biblical days, what Jesus is talking to, he says, we're, we're moths and vermin, where you, you, you hide all of your stuff. It's because people literally did that back then. They had something called a strong box, right? And a, in, a, in a strong box, they would put their, value, their values, their, their jewels, their, their little idols that they would carve, whatever was in a lot of, um, uh, a lot of uh, value. And they would either hide it in their home or they would stick it in the ground. And Jesus is saying, look, Look, robbers are just going to come in and take it away, 
thieves. Or if you bury it in the ground, the bugs are going to get it, like, or, or the animals are going to get it. And he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. What a silly thing. Why would we just store stuff in the ground or in a strong box? Doesn't that seem a little ridiculous? I don't think that we would do anything like that in America. Go ahead and click on the next slide. I won't ask whose garage is like this, but I know that I, when I lived in Fort Wayne, on my street, there ain't a single person who parked in their garage. Why? Because they had so much stuff. According to the Los Angeles Times, Americans on average have 300,000 items. What Jesus is getting at in saying this is where your treasure is, there your heart will be. What he's saying is what is really important to you? Is it the creator or is it the created? Is it God or is it stuff? And from the last time I checked, there is no hitch on a hearse. Somebody, somebody's going to get that later on. <laughs> this passage at the heart of, of Jesus' message, it, what it really is, it's learning to love God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and learning to serve him. God wants your heart. In verse 22, Jesus says, The eye is a lamp to the body. If your eyes are healthy, the whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is within you, within you the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? In ancient and biblical times, the eye was a metaphor for the will, the human will, and desire. A better way that we might say it today is what is grabbing your attention? Where is your eye drawn? Is it drawn to Jesus? Are we fixing our eyes onto Jesus? Or are we fixing our eyes on the world thing, worldly things of money, sex, and power? What we spend our money on, who we spend our time with, or what we spend our time doing, and how we use our talent says a lot about what matters the most to us. And whatever you prioritize in your life is actually what you worship. Jesus finally says in verse 24, he says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The word for money in older translations is mammon. Mammon means your, it's, it's kind of bigger than just money. It means uh, your land, your possessions, your money, everything that you have. But what's interesting here is, is Jesus says you can't have two masters. The problem with having even one master means that you are a slave. The Apostle Paul called us slaves to Christ. Being a slave to Christ is what brings us the most freedom. But we can also be slaves 
to our jobs. We can be slaves uh, to our uh, money. We can be slaves to the items that we have in possession if it gets out of control. Uh, Dave Ramsey uh, does a wonderful, wonderful um, job at helping people get out of debt in America. I don't know whether he considers it a ministry, but I think it's a ministry. It, he, he presents biblical values to get people out of debt, how to build wealth and how to live outrageously generous. Uh, he's built what's called now Ramsey Solutions, and actually we're looking at doing a Dave Ramsey course uh, in the new year for those who may want to do it. And Dave Ramsey, what his uh, research shows is that 80% of Americans live in debt, paycheck to paycheck, just trying to make ends meet. What's interesting is the word for debt in the Bible is the same one that we use for sins, right? It traps us. It enslaves us. Often in the Lord's Prayer, you've heard the old, the kind of the old time uh, version of the Lord's Prayer is forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, right? When the lender, when we owe the lender constantly, we are slaves to the lender, how do we get like that? Well, it means that Americans, by average, that we are spending more than we earn. We're what's called living outside of our means. And the problem with that is that when we go to give anything, there's nothing left to give. See, God calls us to give off the top, not off the bottom. If you give off the bottom, there's nothing left to give. And if you're trapped into debt, there's nothing possible to give. You are a slave to the lender. But worse off, you are a slave to your contentment. Your life will be like trying to fill a black hole with the stuff that you, and more stuff, and more stuff, and more stuff, and it is a whole in your heart that you will never be able to fill that void. You will never be satisfied with enough money, enough stuff, enough power, another, enough appetites, whatever it might be that you desire. There is nothing that is satisfying except for Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the only one that can satisfy us. Dave Ramsey has a great quote. He says, we buy stuff we don't need to impress people we don't like. Woo, that's a zinger, isn't it? Oh, man, I just feel very humbled by hearing that. We buy stuff we don't need to impress people we don't like. Our time, our talents, and our treasures are tools that have been given to, from God to us. But when we get our priorities wrong, when we get our values wrong, when we love the wrong thing, what happens is the things that, that God has given us, we end up being used by them. The tools end up enslaving us. Jesus goes on in the next se uh, section of the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, look at the birds of the air. Look at the flowers of the field. Don't worry. Be happy. No, that's a song. That's the last part of the song. But he says, look at the flowers of the field. Look at the birds of the air. Don't worry. 
And at the very end of this section, before he goes on talking about judgment, Jesus says to seek first the kingdom. That we're to seek first the king with our time, our talents, and our treasures. Now, on your seats, you've been given um, two different cards. And I want to tell you up front, I do not want these cards back. Number one is uh, that nobody turns them in when we ask for them back. And <laughs> that's okay. But number two, this is between you and God or you and your spouse, you and your family. But you've been given two cards here. This card here is the giving card, and it's to do a 360 evaluation of where you are this year or over the next 365 days of, of how do you want to worship God through your time, talents, and your treasures. Because every year our lives change, our circumstances change. Our income might be higher, it might be lower. Our um, responsibilities, our seasons of life, might look a little bit different in what we, how much time that we can spend in serving uh, God. And so I want you to just take out this little card, and I want you to pray about it. I want you to take it seriously, and I'll, sometime in, in the week, you don't have, you know, it takes 15 to, to 30 minutes, whatever, how long ever you want to take it in serious, and just fill this card out, and I want you to just keep it, stick it in your Bible, stick it in your drawer, your junk drawer, <laughs> your junk drawer with your 300,000 other items, and, uh, Come on, everybody's got the junk drawer. I got a junk closet, I'm sure. <laughs> Can't find anything. Uh, but I want you to fill this out, and I want you to keep a commitment to God. On the top, not off the bottom. You know, I once sat through a sermon of a very successful church plant. It had wall-to-wall -wall young people. And it was just awesome worship. The uh, young adults were on fire. The pastor's sermon was so good and better than this one. That's a joke. But he was really great. And then he said these words. He goes, God's got this church. He goes, and you know, I know that it's just going to, God's going to provide for it. And I don't care whether anybody here gives anything to the church. And I thought, you had me up until there, buddy. And the Though I loved his heart and his confidence and his faith, what I think the pastor was missing in all of that was that we give not to just turn the lights on in the building or to, you know, make sure that we have a good youth worker or children's work going on and that, that type of thing or a band here. We give because it grows us as disciples. It's what God calls us to do to become more like him. There's a huge high invitation, and that church had a great invitation to the good news of Jesus. But you can't grow as a disciple if you also don't have a high challenge. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The three conversions, we're after the head, the heart, and the wallet. Right? At our church, we have to have high invitation and high challenge to grow as disciples. If you do not have that, what you end up creating is not disciples. You end up consumers, not contributors. Disciples contribute. Right? We're not after, we're not after consumers. We're after contributors. 
Now, giving your time, your talents, and your treasures is like a muscle. But here's the problem. When you have, if you don't learn to give when you have very little, you will never learn to give when you have a lot, right? It's like stepping into the weight room, right, at, at 13 years old and learning where the barbells are, and you can't lift very much, right? But you sit there in your mirror, and you, and you do, you know, little 10-pound dumbbells, all right? But it's a muscle as it grows. As you give a little of your time, your talent, and your treasures, you grow, and it grows, and it grows. You can't, if you have $100 in your paycheck, right, and you can't give 10% of that away, you will never give away when it's $1,000. You just won't do it. I can remember that's what the pastor said to Esther and I. Remember, we were newly married. We had nothing. We lived in a one-bedroom apartment. It felt like somewhere between a first home and a prison cell. It did not feel like a prison cell. Right, you could, va- you could just vacuum from the bed. It was perfect. And I can remember the pastor challenging us. And I was thinking, we don't have anything to give. We've got debt. We don't make very much. I think I, I worked two days for the church. And, but that meant back then that you worked two days a week, got paid two days a week, but you really worked five days a week or six days a week and volunteered on Sunday. But he said these words, if you do not give to God when you have little, you will not give to him when you have a lot. And that has become a true statement through my life. As it's grown, so as our wealth has grown, so has our giving. By the way, please don't give these cards back there to you. You're accountable to God and to your family. Just remember Jesus is watching. That is a joke. I love you all. The second card, and I think the most important card, is not just about giving your time, your talents, and your treasure. Is The most important thing that we give here at Classic City Church is that we want to give the good news of Jesus to people who are not in a relationship with him yet. Jesus says this in Matthew 10, 8. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give, that you have received the good news of Jesus in your life. He forgives you. He has washed you clean. He has saved your life from now into eternity. He walks with you every single day that you get to share in this special relationship. And so we want to pass that message on. We want to not keep it to ourselves, but that's the best thing that we can share as a church. That's why we're focusing on this year is each one to reach one. One plus one equals 200. That roughly we have about 100 people between here and St. Mark's that gather for worship. And the point is to build our own kingdom. I could care far less about that, but it is to build the kingdom because we have at least 27,000 people right here just in DeKalb County, not including all of our Ohio friends and our uh, Kendallville friends and our Corona friends and, and all of that. That should have a plus plus at the end of it. But I just wanted to give you a number to throw out there because there are so many people, 60% in Northeast Indiana, who do not have a church home right now. And God loves them so much, and he wants to invite them into a continuous, ongoing relationship with him. And so on this card, this is a prayer card. So again, stick this in your Bible, stick it in your mirror where you brush your teeth. 
what you're going to do is you're going to fill out where your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, you're going to make a list of all the people that, are, that God has placed in your life who do not currently have a church home. That's 60%. And you're going to pray for those people. You're going to love those people. You're going to care for those people. And when the time is right, you can ask them, if you, you, would you like to come and join me at Alpha? Would you like to come and join me at church? Would you like to come and join my small group with me? Or can I just have a coffee with you and tell you about Jesus? Can I tell you about a time when I was going through a hard time and how God got me through it? To pray with these people, to love these people. Not extraordinary evangelists, average day witnesses for Jesus. That's the kind of church that we're going to be, where everybody gets to play. Throughout all of Scripture, God is calling and he forms a people to be giving and to be generous. At first, God was forming uh, Israel. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 15, he calls the people, he says, give to the Levites. They're the ones that did all of the religious stuff, all of the, the services for God. He says to give to the widows, give to the poor. Be generous to these people. Look after these people. There should not be one in all of your land. Though he says they, the poor will always exist. That, By the way, that's not, a, that's not a comment, and Jesus doesn't quote that. Jesus quotes that later on, that the poor will always be with you. That's not an excuse to neglect the poor either, but to give generously. He's, he gives these commands in Deuteronomy, but he also, as the, as the church develops in Acts 2, it shows that we have a community that, that gives sacrificially, that has, shares everything in common and, and, and communal within the group. And they sacrifice greatly land and money and time and energy. They sacrifice so much underneath the persecution of the Roman Empire that many of them give their very own lives as followers of Jesus. Many people think the church does a giving Sunday because the church just wants your money. And I promise you that we don't run on just coffee and cake or Mary's pies. By the way, if you're not coming to Alpha, you're missing out on pie. Okay? You need to get there. Thursdays, check over at the Connect table. And though we don't run just off coffee, cake, coffee and cake, we're not really after your time your talents, or your treasures, or what Martin Luther might call your pocketbook. We are after something so much bigger. And it's the same thing that God is after in you. God is after your hearts. There's two ways that you can walk around in the world. You can walk around close-fisted, and you can hold on to all your money and your possessions and everything. And you can say, mine, I'm not going to share with anybody. I earned this. I pulled myself up with my bootstraps. Others should just do that as well. I earned my way here, and people should just do the same. Or you can walk around with open hands, giving hands. You can start building the muscles to being outrageous and living an outrageously generous life. A life to the full, as Jesus would call it. 
Being tight-fisted and stingy is the representation of a closed and hard heart. But having open hands, generous hands, is the representation of a generous heart. And what we give is a reflection of how we see God, how we worship God. It's a response to God's generosity in us. At this time, I'm going to call the band back up. And I'm going to pray for us, and they're going to lead us in our last song. Would you stand with me? Jesus, we thank you so much that you are outrageously generous with us. That everything that we have, from the clothes that we have on right now to the air in our very lungs, you are a good, good God. You are our provider. Lord, I pray that we would learn to trust you. Lord, help us use and grow that muscle of generosity. Help your blessing not only flow to us, but flow through us. God, Lord, I pray that through our time and our talents and treasures, Lord, that there would be such an overflow that people's lives would be changed powerfully by the Holy Spirit, and we would see many people come to know Jesus. Lord, we pray that this church would long to see many new people baptized in the faith and being grown to become leaders of the future church. Lord, Lord, I pray that we'd use all of our time, our talents, and our treasure not to build our little tiny kingdom here, but to play a part in your wider kingdom, the salvation message of the forgiveness of sins and the salvation of the world. Lord, help us to call people into a relationship with Jesus. Lord, that we love because you first loved us. Help us to be generous as you have been so generous to us. Amen. hope that this message helps you to grow in a relationship with Jesus. Connect with us at classiccitychurch.org.